0: You're listening to Blood on the Tracks on TMB DOS Radio, a monthly, hour long exploration and celebration of film soundtracks and scores. Welcome back to Blood on the Tracks. This is the second episode, and we are continuing our exploration and celebration of film soundtracks and scores. I'm your host, Leah Russell. And this time out, we're going to be looking at the black exploitation genre. A very short-lived genre in its initial sort of run. Its influence has been felt over the decades since then. And there have been parodies, homages, and straight just sort of interpretations of these classic films from back in the day in the 1970s. The genre really, really only ran for about 1971 to 1976 or so before it sort of petered out. But it was a very profitable genre. And it was sort of the first genre to target black audiences in North America. So it is significant. The very first film of the genre, the one that's credited with basically starting it all, would be the independently produced Sweet Setbacks Badass Song. That, of course, was directed and produced by Melvin Van Peebles, self-financed There was a $50,000 loan in the $150,000 budget from Bill Cosby. I don't know if (laughs) Melvin Van Peebles wants to admit that anymore. Hey, maybe he knew Bill Cosby was a rapist all the way back then too. Who knows? That's just speculation. Who cares? Either way, this film was, again, as I said, independently produced. And it showed black filmmakers that they indeed too could have a voice and uh, also it showed a bunch of white filmmakers a profitable way to make some money by exploiting this and targeting black audiences and then of course you'd get bigger films like Shaft and Superfly and uh, they made a lot of money for a lot of white people. But we're not going to get too deep into details here, we're not going to get too deep into politics and all this other bullshit. We just want to hear about the music and I'm going to try not to give as much detail and background this time around because I think I talked a little too much in the last episode and there's a lot of great music to get through in this one hour. So we're going to look at a cut from Sweet Setback's Badass Song. It is written by Melvin Van Peebles and he's got Earth, Wind and Fire, an early incarnation of that band backing him up here. And this is the theme from Sweet Setback's badass song. Hey, I'm back guys and Sweet Setbacks Badass Song as I said often considered the first black exploitation film some people would argue it's not it doesn't really matter to me I consider it a black exploitation film it's really kind of splitting hairs as far as I'm concerned Roger Ebert argues that it's not an exploitation film and that all the films that came in its wake are as I mentioned films like Superfly and Shaft sort of immediately came out of the success of Sweet Setbacks Badass Song now I could go really cliched and go for shaft here, but honestly I'm I've never been a big fan of Shaft's theme song. It's never really done much for me. I love the movies, don't get me wrong. I like all three of the movies, even though the third one's really bad. But <laughs> I'm going to go for Superfly here, because you have a really awesome soundtrack with Superfly. You've got Curtis Mayfield, who died way too young, age 57. He died in 1999 from, I think, complications of diabetes. He was in a wheelchair for quite a while, because he had an accident on stage where some equipment fell on him and broke his back. He started in the Impressions, which was sort of a soul R&B group in the late 50s, or maybe it was the late 60s, I can't quite remember. Don't quote me on that one, but singer-songwriter, guitarist, and he later went on to become a record producer, and he was one of the guys who's credited for making uh, really political African-American-centered music and talking about the life of the common African-American person in the uh, sort of mid-20th century USA. And so, yeah, Superfly is an awesome movie, and we're going to be looking at Pusher Man, which is the uh, theme for Superfly and we're we'll also be looking at Freddy's Dead and then we're going to go on from there f- with two more songs and I'll come back at the uh, end of this block and talk more about that
1: It's cool and dreams, but reality, what does it mean? Ain't nothing said, cause red is dead. Talk to <laughs> when I'm when I'm feeling low. No one to stop me when I when I go too far. Superman. She didn't really know me, and she didn't really understand. She worked like a slave and prayed hard every day. What did I do for her? Gone. Her troubles are over. The pain is gone. I wish I had made her proud to call me son. Cause I love her. More than she knows More than she knew I love her No one to cry No one to sit by the bedside No one to watch the light in my window No one... No one to come in, come in and pull the cup over my head at
2: night.
1: No one to say, son, everything will be all right. No one to say, somebody up that loves us. Lay your head on mama's breast and rest. Got a mother and you know what I'm talking about
0: back so you heard two cuts from superfly you heard pusher man and freddy's dead from curtis mayfield and then we transition to mama's dead and the boss from black caesar both done by the impeccable legendary james brown and i mean if you got james brown doing your soundtrack for your movie you you know you've won somewhere in life i just wanted to uh, highlight these these songs not not necessarily the boss but uh, Freddy's Dead and Mama's Dead, sort of epitome of a sort of tradition you would find in a lot of these black exploitation films. And this is something that would later go on to be parodied in a very loving way in Black Dynamite. The idea of the theme songs informing story beats, informing inner monologue of characters for the audience. Essentially giving you a peek inside what the character might be thinking, feeling at that moment. And sort of spelling out plot points that were not necessarily spelled out on screen by the actors. It's it's a very fun thing that it's not unique to black exploitation, but it's I think the first time I saw it happen was in black exploitation, and it's definitely a trope of black exploitation. So uh, you you got Freddie's dead, you got Mama's dead. Later on in Black Dynamite, there's I believe it's Jimmy's dead or Jimmy's apartment. Are Actually, those are two cuts from that soundtrack, I believe, but they're both informing you of what's going on at that moment, both on the screen and what the characters are thinking. It's amazing. It's fucking amazing. So I I just really like that. And then, fuck, the boss. You have to have the boss on this fucking show. There's just no doubt about it. Now we're going to transition to something much more controversial. If you don't like the N-word, if you don't like the word nigger, well, I just said it, so you're probably already triggered or whatever, but, you know, stop here and leave. But, I mean, if you don't like that word, or, you know, if you really can't stand that word, then you probably shouldn't be watching exploitation in the first place because it was thrown around a lot. It was basically the and its in, in the script. And one of the purveyors of that would be Fred Williamson <laughs> and uh, I won't go into any sort of bio for Fred Williamson other than he put the exploitation and black exploitation in a lot of his films and he really ramped up controversy and just trying to evoke emotions and reactions from people and he did so in a very successful way. And uh, I like a lot of his movies, and a lot of his movies are trash, and a lot of the trashy ones I like as well. I mean, he's a, he was a fucking superstar of the genre. I mean, we'll probably do a part two at some point on black exploitation soundtracks, so we'll get more into in depth with a lot of his films. But we're going to be looking at one called Boss Nigger from 1975. It was later retitled as just The Boss, I believe, or Boss. It's a western and a exploitation film at the same time, starring Fred Williamson, of course. And we have this really badly ripped version of the theme song from YouTube by Terrible Tom on vocals. Mike Terry is credited with the orchestration. Uh, music and lyrics written by Leon Moore and Tom Nixon. I don't know who any of these people are, but it's a fun song. It's just very abrasive and throws that word right in your face. And then we're going to go right into another song that throws that word right in your face. And that's from a nice little trashy piece of exploitative exploitation called Jive Turkey from 1974. And it is, uh, Nigger Rich <laughs> by Ernie Banks. Ernie Lee Banks. Let's not mistake him with Ernie Banks, the uh, baseball player. This is a totally different guy, all right? And he even acted in in some films as well as doing soundtracks. After that, we're going to take a break and then we'll come back for the second half of the show.
1: Man
2: investigation shows that Mr. Pasha controls the numbers operation in this city.
1: He has established pickup stations for his runners, and we have found out that he runs his operation very successfully. He controls pickup men, hey, pimps, what? houses of what prostitution, politicians.
2: Cool. What? I said, cool. Man, I just made
1: me a little
2: score. A score? I hit you. What? And when you hit, you hit huh. with me.
0: downright unwatchable and only two men are willing to watch them all so climb in and take your seat this is short bus cinema let's do it hey everyone this is johnny krug from kruger nation and this is rick morgan from the helming power hour we have decided to team up and take you where no one has gone before. We're on a quest to find the world's worst movie, and we're doing it on the bus. Driving through cult classics in every genre to find the holy grail of bad movies. So if you're looking for something different and more fun than you can stand, then climb on in. Short Bus Cinema is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. That's right, yo. Short Bus Cinema. We'd love to watch the movies you hate. Leon St. James for Anaconda Malt Liquor. With a delectable
1: combination of the finest bottles and hops, it's the only malt liquor that carries the seal of excellence from Uncle Sam himself. And when you pop the top, the panties is dropped that anaconda malt liquor the only malt liquor to be approved by the
2: united states government
1: that's right anaconda malt liquor
2: anaconda malt liquor brewed in piedmont georgia dynamite
0: Okay guys, welcome back. Now we're going to dive a little bit into the female side of the black exploitation films. Definitely uh, notable of the black exploitation genre was how many sort of female empowerment films sort of came out of this as well. Some of them were just pure trash and exploitation, of course. I mean, that comes with the genre, but there was definitely some as well that were looking more towards egalitarian And feminist sort of uh, leanings. Yeah, I'm not going to go into too much detail about this stuff. Like I said, I'm trying to keep this description shit really short for you this time. Let's get right into the music. We're going to look at the theme from Cleopatra Jones by Joe Simon. Then we're going to look at Escape, which is a very famous piece of music from Coffee by Roy Ayers from 1973. Cleopatra Jones, 1973 as well. And from 1974, the theme of Foxy Brown. From Foxy Brown by Willie Hutch. And we'll be right back after that to close up the show with uh, our last block of songs. <laughs> and man this hour has gone by quickly. We're going to cap off with three songs now. Two more songs touching on more of the sort of scope that the black exploitation genre touched. First off, we're going to be looking at Car Wash from 1976. The song is called Car Wash by a group called Rose Royce. I like the name of that so- <laughs> that group. That's that's funny. I like that. But Car Wash of course, a great great comedy and I do consider it black exploitation. Uh, Some people may not, but I think it fits firmly into that genre. But it's just a comedy. And, I mean, some of the later films that were more action-crime-based started putting comedic elements into them. Like Cleopatra Jones, for instance. A good example there. So... They did comedy as well in the black exploitation genre, just not a lot, but they did do it. And then we're going to look at You've Got to Learn from the film Ganja and Hess from 1973. Uh, this is done by Sam Wayman, who I believe is the brother or half brother, maybe stepbrother of Nina Simone. I can't quite remember which one of those it was I didn't really take a lot of notes for this episode please forgive me but it's really really great I don't think it was ever released it just sort of showed up at the end credits for the film and uh, that whole soundtrack is actually great I kind of wish it was out there somewhere but uh, I don't I don't think it is I know Nina Simone actually did a version of this song as well, but it's not nearly as good as this. And Ganja and Hess, of course, is starring Dwayne Jones in his second role after his iconic role of Ben in Night of the Living Dead. And, of course, Dwayne Jones died very early, 1988, untimely. I believe it was a heart attack of some sort, something along those lines. But Ganja and Hess is an excellent movie. And Spike Lee remade it a few years back as the sweet blood of jesus and that song also pops up in a uh, gospel uh, sing along thing scene in that film and that's probably one of spike lee's best films in the last 20 years actually i dare say it's probably his best film of the last 20 to 15 years uh, so it's worth checking out and then we're going to finish off with what i think is the quintessential song of the black exploitation genre this is the song that pulls at the heartstrings, even though I'm not a black person, but you can kind of put yourself in the shoes of the people that this song talks about. Uh, Across 110th Street, of course, from the movie, Across 110th Street from Bobby Womack. Yeah, I love this song. Of course, Quentin Tarantino used this to great effect in Jackie Brown, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. Very, very uh, emotionally resonant, I guess, if that's a term that I can properly use here. Anyway, we're going to close out with that. I'm really, really uh, happy with the sort of response we got for the first episode of this. People seem to be liking the show. And uh, I hope you guys continue to support it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I don't know what we're doing for the next episode. I did put a poll on the Facebook group. pending on what that will be, uh, I'll announce what the next episode is going to be for next month on the Facebook group. They must be destroyed on site on Facebook and that's the best place to find out all new information. Anyway, guys, I've taken up too much of your time now. Let's get to the music. We'll see you next episode. Bye-bye.
1: There was a better way of life, and I was just trying to find. You don't know what you do till you put on a pressure. Across 110th Street is a hell of a tester. Across 110th Street, him trying to catch a woman that's weak. Across 110th Street, push his moment to junk it Do you think it is? That's the Oh man, you're coming out Take my advice is either live or die You got to be strong If you want to survive The family On the upper side of town look catch hell kill If we around In every city You'll find the same thing going down I'm the capital, baby, get on time Let me it Across the this street Just trying to catch a woman that's weak Across in street Wishes won't go free Oh, across in street I won't I'm to catch a trick on the street Ooh, baby 110 feet, you can find it all, in the city, yes you can, oh, look around you, look around you, look around you, look around, you, look around you. Uh,
2: yeah.
0: you for listening to blood on the tracks for other episodes of this program as well as episodes of our main podcast they must be destroyed on site please visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com thank you drive through